Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Paranoids Podcast. My name is Steven Asifo, and I am very lucky to have some amazing individuals with me. We'll be talking about remote work, remote culture. So as everyone knows, we've gone through a number of different changes just as a working world. The Paranoids have established themselves as a remote first team, and we're very fortunate that our company has been supportive about the way that we work. So we wanted to have a conversation with some of the leaders within the parents to talk about how that's changed within our teams. What are we doing differently on a day-to-day basis? And some of the, some of the different challenges that we've maybe had to navigate as a, a part of being a remote working world. So to do that, I've had some wonderful people joining me and I'll have them introduce themselves. Will Chilcutt, Jeff Larson, and Josh Schwartz. So Will, if you want to introduce yourself, uh, title, and what do you do here? Hey, everyone. I'm Will Chilcutt. I lead the community-driven security team uh, within larger proc security organization, and I'm responsible for Bug Bounty, our security champion program called W Paranoids, our dynamic analysis effort, and our ProdSec uh, lifecycle program. And I'm Jeff Larson. I'm a senior manager of what we call behavioral engineering. You can think of that as like security awareness on steroids. But really what we do is measurable behavior change to drive security outcomes. Hey, and I'm Josh Schwartz, uh, Senior Director in the Proactive Engineering Organization, includes uh, Jeff's org, and mostly I have uh, lots and lots of meetings, and today I guess we're filming a, a podcast, huh? Well, we're, filming, we're filming a podcast with my uh, you know fellow paranoids here, and so since we have you, Josh, wanted to kind of hear from you as like the senior director within the Paranoids on the Paranoids current stance on remote work or and just what have you seen as some of the key advantages of doing that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you said it right. We are, we are fully remote, a remote first team. You know, we, we span across time zones. I'm on the West coast. I've got peers out there on the East coast. We have employees all over the world. And I think it's, you know, something that's created a more level environment for, for all of us, you know, compared to when we were all, you know, sort of half remote in different offices. Uh, I think that now we're sort of able to all just connect virtually rather than having these little pockets and silos and offices. And, you know, personally, I don't, I don't see us going back. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day is that if I did go back into the office, my team is based on the East coast, Dublin and stuff. So I'm technically still virtually interacting with them in some way or another. And I'm curious also for Jeff and Will, because you guys are, you know, leaders within the Paranoids. How would you describe your guys' approach to leading teams remotely? Have you guys also seen the same kind of advantages? You know, yeah, I think it's funny. When you're in an office as a manager, there's like a a pull to sort of track people's hours, right? Because you can see them face to face. And one of the gifts that remote uh, work has given, has given us as you know the world is an industry is the fact that like we have to focus on outcomes we don't we there's literally no way for me to tell if my employee or my colleague is in in their seat at nine o'clock and frankly i don't care right i don't care anymore i only we're not so we're not using key loggers exactly right i only care about the outcomes of the work right I, i like to tell my team i don't manage your time i manage the work and that's really sort of focused us as a team. It's made us more um, both collaborative um, and, uh, you know, more efficient because it's really, it's like a clarifying poll. Remote work is like, 
you know, kind of this beautiful gift uh, that makes managers less persnickety. It also makes teammates less persnickety about where you are, right? Um, and it's freeing for folks, right? I know that uh, Will has, um, you know, I'm a father, uh, fellow father on the call, right? I know that Will has a lot of, um, you know, sort of ideas about this too. So, Will, why don't you sort of take a takeaway? Yeah, and, and I totally agree with Jeff that, that it's awesome, you know, not having to focus on having that that set start stop time, you know, being able to do your job and, and deal with everything all uh, also going on at your home. Um, uh, like just said, uh, you know, I'm a parent, uh, you know, I, I've dealt with all those things that come along with that. I, I think um, there's really like three um, key things that I think about whenever uh, I'm thinking about like leading a team from home. Uh, that first one is, you know, uh, being flexible to what's going on uh, in your background. Uh, you know, whenever we started out, I had two kids at home and had a newborn and the leadership, uh, you know, from from my manager all the way up uh, through Yahoo uh, was very supportive of all of us uh, parents and all the things we had to take care of. Um, and, you know, fast forward two years uh, later and that support's never really ended. Um, and, and now I get to be part of that support for my team. So, you know, no matter if it's, you've got that kid running around the background or you, you got a toddler that you're just trying to take care of at your desk, uh, just so you can get through that last meeting of the day. That's not like a, a big deal to anybody. You know, er, everybody's very understanding. And, uh, many of us have been there at some point. Um, or maybe you're like me and, and have like a, a bathroom model bathroom remodel going on in your background. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but, uh, that's going on and, and a lot of solid noises going on. Um, but, uh, yeah. And the second thing I think of whenever we're thinking about like leading a team remote is, uh, meeting fatigue. I, I know a lot of us have, have felt that. And, um, the, the project leaders, uh, really felt that, uh, last year. And so we made a big change within our project organization where we switched to this, uh, self-managed, uh, team model. We call it squads. Uh, but one of the benefits of doing that is that we switched over to uh, these squads determining when they wanted to meet. Uh, so we switched from having, you know, everybody having to go to these large daily standups to, you know, determine when your squad wants to meet. And, and there's a little lead for each one. Um, so they get to determine that and kind of reduce that that meeting fatigue. Um and then the last thing I'd say about like leading a team remotely uh, that's awesome is, you know, we get to tap into those uh, talent pools that we didn't necessarily were able to before because uh, they weren't near a uh, office. So that's been great to bring in people that we haven't uh, been able to before. Very well said, Will, because I have a puppy right now. Not saying it's the same as a child, but, you know, sometimes I do got to take him out so he doesn't leave me a present in my office because sometimes the present smells but one thing I was kind of thinking about as you were talking about talent pools is uh, how has it changed kind of like creating that connection amongst your different teammates? Because, Josh, you and I, we used to sit next to each other. I, I would think we were we were pretty close pals at that time. But I guess how do you think about the shift to remote work has changed that interaction? Yeah, I mean, we were pals. We, we could high five each other in the office and now we get less less high fives, perhaps emojis yeah i mean the shift obviously has created more freedom for us i know i was personally i was in a, living in a, a an old van for a while and traveling around the the west coast while we were while we were remote that is a different um, episode you know talk about that. <laughs> that's, that's kind of fun you, you have more freedom obviously but you know there there are some things that you lose right you lose that in-office culture you lose that sort of 
serendipitous ability to have these little conversations with your with your colleagues that are sitting next to you and those colleagues maybe aren't on the the same team as you and there's sometimes connections in these in these in this ability to talk to the person next to you and you get information about other teams that you normally wouldn't have a meeting with you normally wouldn't be able to connect with them and i think we did lose that have it, not having that in office water cooler conversation but you know it's kind of a benefit you know that you lost it so that you can go and you can take some some conscious effort to replace that and you know personally i've gone and and just scheduled one-on-ones with more people outside of the team. Um, we have recurring one-on-ones, not just within my direct uh, management structure. Um, and the paranoids themselves, I think as an organization, we have this protege program that's fostering and creating more of those opportunities. And so rather than before where we would have it so that everyone uh, that's sort of forming these bonds is in the same office, now you have these inter-team connections between different people and they maybe aren't even in the same office on different teams and different locations, things like that. And I think that we also had to, I think we did this right away, like right during the beginning of the pandemic, we started icebreakers and the icebreakers are just like a little question, a little short thing. The first five or so minutes of the meeting, we used to just chit chat, just to talk about ourselves, just to kind of get to know each other. And, uh, you know, it's, is it awkward? Yeah, at first, but that silliness and that awkwardness, I really think, um, you know, replaces some of that silliness and awkwardness that used to be in the in the in office in person. Especially because it was called ice ice breakers. Shout out to Vanilla Ice. Yeah, thank you. You like that? I did. I did actually. <laughs> and so I guess Jeff, well, I'm not sure if there's anything else that you guys. I I know for. My team try to include more things as well. Like so, on Fridays, try and do um, you know song of, songs of the week. So we have like a running YouTube playlist of just songs that we've listened to or just have like really resonated with us at a certain time. That again, if we were maybe in person, then that would have just been like a local thing. But now everyone kind of checks in for that and try to do on a once a week also like a different icebreaker as well that everyone can collaborate to. So, and I think that does help. Just having those different things and i think also you guys have put on like movie nights and stuff like that so that's been pretty yeah yeah i echo josh's you know sentiment that you have to be like really sort of like constantly creating these serendipitous moments so that you, you know colleagues can connect so like we do a tea time every week where it's like not a meeting right where we just talk about life i also think you know because I hold the bag for, again, like behavioral change in, in security awareness, um, we've shifted our strategy, right? We, we, we no longer hold in-person trainings on things like using our password manager or, or meet and greets with the paranoids um, writ large. That's changing a little bit, um, which we'll talk about in a second. But we've also shifted security awareness towards things less towards things like t-shirts and swag and more towards things like meeting backgrounds that, uh, you know, can go viral and like really create this sense of security culture across the entire company. So not only has it like shifted the personal connections, but it's also shifted a lot of how we work, uh, in general. Um, I think, uh, and I don't know, you know, 
I want to sort of like also point out the protege program, Josh, you sort of like touched on that a little bit, but that has been a real level up in terms of like providing mentorship because something that you miss out, out of the office is speaking with, you know, your more experienced colleagues. Um, and that mentorship sort of happens serendipitously again in the office, but you have to be really, really sort of like focused on ensuring that that happens. And I'm not, so I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm a big fan of the remote first situation. I don't live too far from the office. And when I did go into the office for like our company's global volunteer day, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of enjoyed seeing people, not just parents, but like other people from different teams there and just checking up. And I think everyone kind of felt the same way. I was like, oh, it's good to see you. Like, I remember when we used to do this more formally there. So I guess my question is like, are there opportunities where we as paranoids like meet in person and have those type of powwows? I think, you know, there's a couple that come to mind, like uh, a lot of us um, are Bay area centric or can travel to the Bay area. So, so generally like dinners and meetups after hours, but the big one this year for us is we made the conscious decision, even though it was still a little, you know, on the tail end of sort of the pandemic that we've all been dealing with um, to get everybody to DEF CON, right? Um, so we offered everyone who wanted to go, whose, threat, whose risk model sort of like was okay with spending a few days in, in Vegas uh, to go to you know, to go to Vegas and really meet in person and realize that like, we're not just posted stamps on a Google meet screen or a zoom screen and uh, uh, really start building those personal connections. Like, Oh, Hey, you're both smaller and taller than I thought you were. And can we put some respect on, you know, the Las Vegas soiree? Like we didn't just go there for anything. It was like one of the largest and biggest uh, it was also DEFCON. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was DEFCON. DEF I don't know if I said DEFCON, right? Um, I just well, said, yeah, yeah. And the paranoid party itself was top notch. Just one yeah, of we also you know. we also came back in full force with a paranoid party. Um, that was really fantastic. And if you scroll back in our Twitter feed uh, enough, you will see some highlights from that. Um, you know, it's been a hard couple of years. It was a little bit of healing for everything, everybody. And it really showed that we have investment in our people, right? Like building those bonds that you talked about as CFO and Josh that you might've had, you know, in the office, like reinforcing that again, right? Like we're not just tiny, tiny faces on a screen. Yeah. It's not cheap to get everyone to DEF CON, but I think it definitely was worth it. And for a lot of the folks on the team, it was the first time that they even got to see their colleagues in person, like people were, we, we worked for two years together and it's the first time meeting people. And I think, you know, being able to do that maybe once a year or something like that, especially in a remote first environment is going to be really important. I think it's going to be a part of our, of our DNA where it's like, yeah, we're remote, but every once in a while we got to get together, you know, cause yeah. we can't just be little boxes on screens like the Brady Bunch. We got to be, we got to be people. And, and every once in a while we got to cough in each other's faces and shake hands and things like that. Yeah, I think Will and I both joined during the pandemic. So uh, especially Josh is a lot taller than I thought he was. Um, I see he was shorter. <laughs> yeah. And, her. It, <laughs> yeah. And, and talked about DEFCON, uh, you know, uh, whenever everything first started working remotely, our, our 
project organization was only about uh, uh, 12 people and we exploded up to like 25 people. So this was like the first time for a lot of people to meet in person, especially we, we have hired a lot of people in Dublin. So flying those people into the United States and, you know, having those people all to get to get, get together was awesome. Uh, but just a few weeks after that, uh, we had our first uh, in like two years, uh, first time bug bounty life hacking event uh, that we uh, flew a lot of our team over to Belgium for. Um, and, you know, we brought together a, a ton of different paranoids, uh, you know, not only the bug bounty team, um, but people from your team, Jeff, you know, people from different uh, pillars of the paranoids. Uh, you know, we brought in engineers from our deputy paranoid program. You know, even Angus, the CTO, joined. Um, and, and between us paranoids and the uh, 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 bug bounty platform integrity team that we had there, and then the hackers that we all had in person, uh, you know, it was a very intense uh, event for this team. You know, we were working late into the night to get things closed out. Um, from being in those war rooms uh, to getting things done and then being able to go out to the bar and grab a few drinks afterwards late in the night, uh, being in person, building those uh, bonds was a huge deal for my team and, and built a lot of team cohesion. And then, you know, coming out of that life hacking event, you know, I, I really love working remotely and, and the freedom that it gives, but it's really highlighted to me uh, and, and to others that I've talked to about the importance of building these bonds in person. And so, you know, for the going forward, I'm trying to do more social things in person. So uh, I just ha- I met with people in the, the local DC area uh, uh, a few weeks ago. I'm going to try to do that uh, near the offices like once a month, get those people together, probably get the coast uh, together like uh, every quarter. And then uh, as a team project, we're going to try to get together uh, once a year. We, we have something we do project on. And so we're planning that for 2023. Um, and, and that's great for doing social stuff, but I, I really think coming out of that life hacking event, having people not only socialize, but get some work done at the same time, doing these like two or three day projects. I think that can kind of be a game changer, uh, for teams working together. Cause you're like mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, you're kind of in the zone, you know, working there and, and you come out of that with some like, you know, uh, stories of war stories about, Hey, that was awesome. That was intense. And, and there was ups and downs, but we got through it. Uh, and, and I think that's really a game changer for remote teams, uh, having those opportunities to do that. Absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing that. Will. uh, is Josh, anything you want to add in here as we can. Yeah, you know, there's, there's something I think that's worth mentioning about, the the remote culture or not remote culture right and it's that it it sort of only works if everyone's in on it you know i i know that you know the idea it's like we kind of got a a little bit of a gift in the pandemic is that we were all forced to go remote we were forced to learn how to work this way and it was something that i think before this i sort of would have said like hey you know people want to be remote it's kind of tough you know, it's kind of tough to be remote because when you have some people in the office, they form these like little, these little clicks and these bonds. And then you've got some people who are remote and it's really tough to come up with a system that keeps everybody included. But now that we're all remote, it works really well. And so I think this everyone's remote all the time. And then every once in a while, we all get together is a, is a good model, but something like going halfway back where it's like, well, there's going to be some people in pockets of offices and some people remote. You start to get those little like fractures and stuff. And we're sort of all bonded together in this being all remote together. And as long as it's like that, I think it works really well. I mean, maybe we get more meeting fatigue and things like that, but I mean, I think genuinely it works really well. I, think that's I sort of like it. Really I don't live in a van anymore, but it's, it's nice. 
And he looked, you know, glad you're not in the van anymore. But I know that was, uh, you know, by your own free will. I, I, I think that is definitely a, a very important observation. I know I'm also a lot happier when I see you guys uh, on like a social audience. It's like, oh, hey, look, it's been some time. And, you know, physical interaction there over a meal or wherever that may be. And I always look forward to the next one because you guys are taking people out to Belgium, going to Vegas. Um so look, we don't have to meet in the office. Let's 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 coordinate. Let's talk about that. Um, so I think at this time, that's how we feel about remote work culture. I, I don't know if there's anything else people are like dying to get off their chest, but I, I think you guys really dug into what that looks like for the paranoids and how we're trying to show up for our teams and how we're organizing. So with that, I want to thank you, Josh, Will, and and Jeff for tuning in and joining me on this conversation. And for everyone else, thank you very much for listening to another exciting episode of the Paranoids podcast and stay tuned till our next episode.